Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Lions podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V. I'm your host, as always, Jack Cavanaugh, and I am ready to talk some lines after a week off. It was weird not having the Detroit Lions on Sunday, on Monday, on Thursday. Just didn't feel right, and so now we are back. And of course, we are joined, as always, by the all-pro, the Detroit Lions legend, the interception leader, it's Global Quinn. Yes, sir. What is up, man? Not too much. It was weird not having Lions football this past weekend. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it was a little weird, you know, not having it, but it also was just like a little little break, you know, and I think maybe for me as a player, you kind of get used to that little, that little break. So it was kind of cool to just sit back and, you know, watch some other games, not be as, I don't want to say stressed out or whatever, but just kind of just get to sit back and chill and enjoy a Sunday of football. Um, but, yeah, you you definitely want, want to see your team play, especially when they're playing well. You know, I'm pretty sure some, some teams that probably don't want to see their team play right now. But uh, when your team is playing well, you definitely want to see them play. Um, so yeah, it was a little a little weird, you know, not getting to check those guys out, but I'm sure they had a good time. Hopefully they recharged, got a little mid-season break. Now they got a three three, two, two game, two or three game stretch before they get another little Thanksgiving break. So And this year is just so much different from last year's bye. Last year's bye came a little bit earlier. It came in October. And before the bye, it was awful. 29-0. The Lions were one of those teams losing to the Patriots where it's like, okay. Yeah, we're one of those teams that's ready for the bye week. And then come back from the bye, and they get blown out once again by the Dallas Cowboys, 24-6. to This year's completely different. This year, we head into the bye, coming off a big win. And we've been heating up ever since that bye. Since the start of last November, the Lions are 14-4. and Basically, one season with an extra game, and we're 14-4. Oh, yeah, they've been playing well. They've been playing well. And they generally, you know, they generally play well coming off of a loss. You know, I mean, they haven't lost, but they generally play well. They're not coming off the bye. You know, getting a chance. They're playing the Chargers. They had a chance to watch those guys last night because I'm pretty sure it's Monday. So they had to be back in town um, from the bye week. And so pretty sure a couple of those guys probably got together last night, just sat back and kicked it and watched the game to see, you know, what the Chargers were doing. And and I think I think they'll be uh, excited to get back to playing. Um, like I said, when you don't get to play, you kind of miss it a little bit. So uh, they'll be excited to get back to work, get back to playing, and should be a good week for them. You know, San Diego has a short week since they played last – well, not San Diego, I'm sorry, San Diego. Los Angeles Chargers has a short week since they played last – night and i think they played in new york so that's a lot of uh a lot of travel all the way back um so the line should be able to get a good head start on those guys and be ready to go this weekend bet online is your number one source for your betting needs get the latest odds lines and matchup reports for baseball boxing golf and more Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting in your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. 
Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B L E A V. Bet online where the game starts. And the Chargers had a tough game last night as well. They took a pretty big beating from the New York Jets on offense, on defense, but it was kind of hard to draw any conclusions. It was a tough physical game, don't get me wrong, but the Jets' defense is really good, and the Chargers were missing their two of their top three wide receivers they are going to be missing them against the Lions. So it's kind of tough for me to get a sense of what this offense really is. It felt like they were just dinking and dunking. And I also can't get a sense of what the Chargers' defense is because the Jets' offense was just so bad. Well, yeah. And one thing I would say is the Chargers have players. I mean, Justin Herbert is a highly paid quarterback. Keenan Allen went over 10,000 yards last night. He has been a proven receiver in this league. Austin Eckler is a playmaker as well. Although they are missing a couple guys, those guys we know can can make plays. Defensively, you know, the thing that I saw last night, yeah, the Jets are this or that, but Khalil Mack can still go. Joey Bosa can still go. So they got pass rush. We know that. You know, I've seen Asante Samuel make plays in the secondary. Uh, Derwin James, we know he can make plays in the secondary. Um, the guy from last night, what's his name? Gillian, 32. Gil- Gilman, Alohi Gilman, Gilman, Notre Dame product. Right. He makes, he, he can make plays. So, um, you know, when their pass rush is going and Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa are wreaking havoc in the backfield, it just opens up a lot of things for defenders, secondary guys, interceptions, big hits, stuff like that. So regardless of what we saw from the Jets, we know that they have those players, so they have that ability. Now, if those, if those, depending on how those players show up on Sunday, will determine a lot, but we know they have that ability. And so it becomes especially interesting because, you know, the the Chargers historically up the middle, they're not so strong, but then they get the rookie, another edge defender, but in third and long situations, they've got Tuli Tuliapu, and he comes in, he has two sacks. We get two sacks from Khalil Mack, two and a half from Joey Bosa. So even the return of the offensive lineman, it is not going to be easy. Even when you've got pro bowlers blocking these guys, if they show up, it's going to be a battle. Oh, no question. And, and, you know, and it's a big, big, it's a great time for the Lions to get, you know, some of their old linemen back, you know, get Frank Ragnall back, get Jonah Jackson back, um, you know, because you're going to need it. Like we seen last night, those guys get going. They can ruin the whole game plan for you. They they can ruin it. And they're going to cause problems because, you know, it's hard to commit two guys to Joey Bosa, two guys to Khalil Mack, and and two guys, you know, you can't do that. So you're going to have to have guys that can, you know, can block those guys. Just plain and simple. You're going to have to you're going to have to be the door. You get some chips every now and then from a running back or from a tight end. But guys are going to have to be able to hold up. And I think, like I said, getting Jonah back, getting Frank back is going to definitely help. Um, Taylor Decker and, and Panay is going to have to be on their on their game for real. And. 
it also helps that we get David Montgomery back as well. One of the things they were talking about last night is one of the best ways to slow down an elite pass rush is with a running game. They were trying to do it with Brees Hall last night, had some mixed results with it, but the Lions get David Montgomery back. And now it's a one-two punch, not just ride Montgomery for 30 touches and Jameer Gibbs gets maybe five. Now it looks like it's going to be a true committee. So what does that do to an edge rusher or a defense in general having to respect that threat? Well, I mean, like you said, it slows them down some. Um, it definitely slows them down some, especially when you're, you know, you're going downhill. Um, and a lot of times teams will try to run right at those guys, you know what I'm saying, make those guys, you know, deal with the point of attack, you know, blockers coming right at them. They're not getting the opportunity to run plays down from the backside. They're not getting the opportunity to slide in and, and cause problems. We're going to run right at you and make you just take on blocks all night and see if you can take it, right? Trying to slow you down. We're trying to make you pause for just a second to say, okay, is this run? Oh, no, it's play action. Well, it's too late, you know. It's a difference when those guys can just pin their ears back and just rush the quarterback because they know that you're not running the ball. So to be able to, to, to develop that, like I always say, it just goes hand in hand. You have to be able to keep the Chargers – from scoring so that you can stay within your game plan and run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. You come out and let those guys get a punt return. You let them get a pick six. You let them get a big play. And now you go down 14 or 21. It's harder to do that because those guys know now they're going to be in pass mode and they're pinning their heels back. It's kind of like what we used to see back in the day with the Indianapolis Colts. They had two Pro Bowl edge rushers, Dwight Freeney, Robert Mathis. The Chargers also have two Pro Bowl defensive ends. So you got to, if you're running at one, you're running away from the other, and that just creates more problems. So it's just, it's going to be an interesting matchup. And like you said, you have to score to make sure they can't just pin their ears back, do that every play. And I think the Lions can hang with the Chargers on offense. I think their defense can shut them down. It really feels like a dink and dunk offense. And I understand they've had to make some changes. They've lost some receivers. They were a three wide receiver offense. Now they're a two tight end offense. But still, Justin Herbert, one of the strongest arms in the NFL, and he's averaging five yards a throw just where he's aiming the football it's behind the line of scrimmage. It's short. It's just trying to let these guys make plays. And I think the Lions can come up and make some plays on that. Oh, yeah. I think they'll definitely be to stop that. But like I said, you got to look at who their guys are, right? A lot of times your 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 throwing and your numbers is based off of who your guys are. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure Patrick Mahomes is one of the you know best quarterbacks. I'm sure his numbers are down because I don't feel like he has the deep targets that he's had in the past so if he was averaging 35 yards a throw he's probably averaging 18 right now so when you look at justin herbert keenan allen is your top guy but he's an older guy right he's having to win based off route running right now he's a great route runner he made a nice catch last night he's a great double move guy but he's not a guy right now in his career that you're going to line up and just tell him to run past somebody. He's going to beat you for 60 yards over the top. You know, he's going to run around. He's going to get a first down. They're going to keep the chains moving. And the thing about that, when you don't have anybody that can just take you up top for 60 and 70 yards, 40 yards here or there, 
it just leaves more room for mistakes because now you got to have eight, nine, 10, 12, 15 play drives every single time. And it's just difficult to do that without getting a, a penalty that backs you up to second and 15 or, you know, getting something that, that just bags you up because it's football, man. Like it's hard. And so that's what I think you're seeing. They don't have those guys that can beat you over the top like that. And it's especially a double problem or adding to the problem when the next best pass catcher is Austin Eckler, a running back who's doing just short intermediate screen type of stuff. So it's just you're crowding the middle and short areas of the football with your two best players, Allen and Eckler. And then all of your supplementary weapons too. your tight ends aren't going deep. They're going short intermediate. Quentin Johnston, he was drafted to go deep. Can't do that just yet in the NFL. So you're just crowding the middle of the field and you're going to allow the linebackers to come up and make plays like we saw from the Jets last night. And I think the Lions, though, not as experienced as the Jets guys, they can flow to the football like that. Oh, yeah, I think I, I, I think the Lions should be able to put together a good game plan um to be able to hopefully get some interceptions and thing i like about defensively you know when you catch an interception especially on the shorter routes the routes to the flats and stuff like that those are pick sixes i don't know if we've had a pick six all season this is the time brian branch week one's the only one week one week one yeah now it's week nine ten it's time for one time for one so that's going to be my bold prediction of the week pick six detroit lines any prediction on who's gonna get it because you yourself are no stranger to pick sixes against the chargers <laughs> indeed um you know who's gonna get it um i'm gonna pick one linebacker and i'm gonna pick one db i think this may be a Jack Campbell pick six game. I can see it. Um, defensive defensive back wise, this could be a Cam Sutton pick six game. I think that's perfect for both of those players. It would just come at a perfect time for both those right. guys. I'm going to go Jack Campbell and Cam Sutton. And if we get two pick sixes, if you're right on both of them, then eh, even better. Wow. (laughs) Bet. (laughs) But yeah, I I think I think they I think that has some opportunity. Um, I think that has some opportunity. I mean, I thought the Jets had some opportunities last night. You know, the Chargers put the ball on the ground several times. You know, he's throwing trying to throw the ball to the flat and the the, the lineman tips it up and Three guys just let the ball hit the ground. One of the linebackers didn't see it. Another line, I don't know what happened, how that ball can flutter that high in the air and nobody can get to it. But I think those are interception balls, opportunities at least. Um, And I thought the Chargers had, I mean, I thought the Jets had a couple more opportunities to create some turnovers. Um, You know, Whitehead came out out of his break and, you know, he missed the interception. So I I thought the Jets had plenty of opportunities to to really impact the game defensively with turnovers, and it just was a step off last night. Hopefully the Lions coming off a bye, they're ready to make those plays. 
you're just a little bit faster, a little bit cleaner, feeling a little bit better after the week off. And the Lions have a lot of the same things that the Jets do. They have a ferocious pass rush. They have a strong secondary. But as we've seen, the Lions are better at making plays on the ball than the Jets. Sauce Gardner still has fewer interceptions than Aiden Hutchinson on the season. Yeah, I mean, and like, you know, I was watching Sauce last night, you know, and I and I feel like Sauce sometimes it takes a little while, I think, to adjust to the NFL footballs and the quarterbacks and stuff. And he's dropped enough interceptions that I don't think he trusts his hands because he had to play in early in the game. You know, they run a corner around on him. He got it covered up. And he literally goes up in one hand and just knocks the ball down. Like, he could have easily just went up with two hands and made an interception right there. He's just running right along with the guy and just sticks his hands up and knocks the ball down. Just stick two hands up and catch it, you know. And I think he's gotten to the point to where, you know, he has a good reputation. as You know, he's obviously defensive rookie of the year, all those things. But to be, I feel like, one of those those top guys, you got to be a game changer. And I don't think pass breakups are game changers, you know, because unless you're getting it on third down, that's just another opportunity for them to take you up top the next play. You get a pass breakup on second down, okay, cool. They're going to take you up top on third down. You know what I'm saying? Game changers go and get the football. And so for him to be as good in coverage as he is, I would like to see his interception numbers go up. He needs to go to hand school. That's just a solution for to. so many players around the NFL. They got to take a page from Glover Quinn. Got to go to hand school. You got to. You got to. Got to. So, you know. But he's a good player. He's a good player. We're not playing against him. Um, but hopefully Cam Sutton goes up and try to intercept that ball. Or Jerry Jacobs. Go intercept the ball. Because even if you drop it, it's still going to count as a pass breakup. So go try to catch it. Go try to catch it. And from what we've seen from the Lions, probably at helped by Dre Bly, DB coach Dre Bly, that they are willing to go up and make those interceptions. We've seen multiple from Jerry Jacobs. Kirby Joseph, I think, has one or two on the season. Brian Branch has his. This is a team that is not afraid to go after the football, even if maybe it gets you beat. Maybe you drop the interception. Someone catches it. That's okay because you're still going up and making the play or at least trying to. So I am ready to see the Lions turn Justin Herbert over. How are you attacking Justin Herbert in this offense then with the lack of speed and the two tight end sets that we're going to see heavily? Because they're not good at running the football either. Austin Eckler, since week one, he had over 100 yards in week one. And since then, he hasn't topped 50 yards on the ground. Granted, he had 90 yards receiving last week against the Bears, but this is not a running football team, and it's not a deep pass football team. It's kind of just a dink and dunk passing game. So how do you defend it? You know, I think I I think they have to, for one, get some pressure on Justin Herbert. I think the thing about those guys that I don't want to say scare me, but the thing about the Chargers that I've always felt is they're a really good front-running team. If you let Justin Herbert get going and get hot, he can torch you. You let Keenan Allen get going, he can go. 
You let Khalil Mack get going early. Joey, Bo- you let those guys get going, and they can cause you problems. But if you get after those guys early, I think you can get to those guys. So I think they got to get some pressure on Justin Herbert early, hit him a couple times, um, but mix it up too. You know, you know they like to do a lot of dink and donks and a lot of short stuff. So mix some zones up and try to get some 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 interceptions. Get your hands on the ball. Um, get have your eyes the defenders watching it so they can make plays on some of those things. A lot of times when you're playing man to man, it's easy to take those little short passes and turn them into long passes just by beating one guy. Um, so I think they got to do those things. You know, um, you can't let Austin Eckler get going as a runner. Make him be a, a pass catcher. And understand that he's coming out the backfield. He's catching the ball six, seven yards behind the line of scrimmage anyway. Um, got to be good tacklers. Um, but I think they got to get some pressure on Justin Herbert early. I don't I don't think he's a great scrambler, um, but he can throw the ball. And if he gets going early, gets hot, he he could be a problem. So they got to slow him down early. And I think hitting him a couple times, making him uncomfortable, I think they'll be able to. But you also got to score too offensively. That puts yeah. pressure on those guys. Yeah, you have to keep them down early and hope that it ca- causes spirals on the offense where they can't get anything going because you're already leaning on offense and they're trying to catch up. They can't be a balanced offense. They have to sling it, which is tough to do when you don't have the options to sling it to. What are you saying for a final score here? What do we think we're going to end up with Chargers-Lions? We got to go to L.A., right? Yeah. They're out there two weekends in a row. They are. When they play the Rams. Do they play the Rams this year? I didn't think they did. Lions schedule. Oh, maybe. maybe, maybe nope, they're uh, out to out to Chargers, and then they're home for Thanksgiving against the Bears. Or no, Thanksgiving against the Packers. Then they're home okay. against the Bears, then home against the Packers. Okay. Um. So they got to go to L.A. Um. They gotta have another game before Thanksgiving, though, right? Yeah, they've got they've got uh, the Bears game in between there, is what I missed. Okay, okay. Um, I'm gonna say they're going to L.A. Chargers, L.A. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say coming out the bottom lines will be charged healthy I think offensively they'll be able to put up four touchdowns two field goals so that's what 34 yes sir and I think they'll be able to stop to stop Keenan Allen and and Justin Herbert I think they'll be able to hold those guys down but they do have a tendency of just giving up some points at the end, especially if they're up high. So I'm going to go 34-24 Lions. 34-24 for the Detroit Lions in a game that's not going to feel as close as 34-24 because, like you said, they just have this annoying habit where they're up big. Ah, we'll just let the Panthers score two touchdowns. We're up big. It doesn't matter. Right. 
Just let them, you know, and I get it sometimes um, how it happens. But for these score predictions, we hope that it don't happen. You know, we hope that it don't happen. But as long as you're winning the game and you're not creating bad habits, some, sometimes the defensive calls, you know, you get a little softer. Um, and then they, they get a little rhythm because they're basically catching routes on air. Um, they get a little rhythm, and next thing you know, they're down the field and you give up a touchdown. Um, but you're just trying to really run the clock um, in those situations. Really, in those situations when you've been up really big, it's all about the defensive line. Because if the, de- if the defensive line is controlling the game, then teams are not get- getting those late points because they're not they're getting sacks. You know, you look at it last night, like the Jets couldn't come and get points late in the game because the defensive line was controlling the game. That's why they still couldn't score, even though the Chargers were up late in the fourth quarter. They still couldn't get down and score because the defensive line was causing problems. If the defensive line isn't getting there and the quarterback got time, he's going to make throws, right? So if they get up big, the, the defensive line, the linebackers got to continue to get pressure on Justin Herbert. And then the secondary can feast off of interceptions and keep them from scoring. But if the D-line is not getting pressure, they'll give up 14 points in the fourth quarter just off playing south. And that's how you go from 34-10 in the fourth quarter to 34-24 as a final score, which I'm still happy about. I hope that they don't allow those points at the end. But we'll see how it shakes out. We'll see how things shake out in the NFC. Lions are now a half game ahead of the Seattle Seahawks after they got smoked by the Baltimore Ravens. Absolutely crushed. Even worse than the Lions got crushed by the Ravens. Ravens are just hot right now. That's all there is to it. They are. They, they're playing really good right now. They, you know, they're, 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 they're playing good right now. That's all I can say. They're hot. So you don't want to play the Ravens right now. No, you do not want to play the Ravens right now. And that'll leave the Seahawks and the 49ers. It seems to fight for that third seed. Hopefully the Lions can win out, keep that second seed. And then there's the Eagles. The Eagles are still looking dominant, but Jalen Hurts is a little bit banged up at this point. Beat the Cowboys pretty bad, but this is anyone's division. And by anyone's, I mean the Lions or the Eagles division. Right. And I mean, the the, the Eagles got a tough stretch coming up. You know, they just played the Cowboys. I think they got the Chiefs coming up. I think they got the, the Bills or somebody coming up in there and, you know, I think they got the 49ers as well. You know, so they got they got a tough stretch of games that they gotta play. And, you know, I, I think they, you know, from a overall standpoint, just straight, I think the Eagles roster is probably the best roster in in football. You know, just from the quarterback, I think the running backs are good. DeAndre Swift has been playing well. Two good wide receivers. Um, unfortunately, Goddard just broke his arm. The O-line is good. If you go to the defensive side of the ball, their D-line is good. You know, they just added Montez Sweat. You know, Jordan Davis, Jaden Carter, like Fletcher Cox. Like the D-line is good. The linebackers are pretty solid. Secondary, Slade, Bradbury, just added Kevin Byard. 
I mean, they got guys on every level. So I would say just from a talent standpoint, from a roster standpoint, the Eagles got a top roster. Um, now you got to go out and play the games. You got to go out and win the games. Um, but they definitely have a good, good, good roster. And so, and they're playing well. Um, so it's going to be tough for the Lions to get that number one seed over those guys. But the Eagles do got some tough teams they got to play. And hopefully one or two of them can sneak up and get a win and the Lions can slide in. Yeah, the Eagles are a great football team, but they're playing some great football teams. They go to Kansas City this week, then they host the Bills the next week, then they host the 49ers, then down to Dallas, Seahawks, Giants, Cardinals, Giants to end the season. So they got a nice, easy stretch, Giants and Cardinals, but these next couple of weeks for the Eagles, anything could happen. The Lions could end up being that first seed, but before we get to that, they have to beat the Chargers on Sunday, 34 to 24, or hopefully even more. Glover, any final thoughts on the Lions, the NFC, or the NFL in general? I mean, the Lions, I hope I hope you guys enjoyed your off week. Um, you went into it on a high note. Come back on a high note. Don't come back sluggish. You know, come back. You you put yourself in a great position for the second half of your season. You're six and two right now. Let's go out, have another six and two, seven and one type of uh second half of your season and and go for a run. You know, this this is you this is what you've been waiting for. Um an opportunity like this. So let's come back out the bar ready to go and, and go to San Diego, go to LA and and take care of business. Six and two after the or heading into the bye. Hopefully after the bye, we will now be seven and two beating the Los Angeles Chargers. But until then, we will see you next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.